All right, we're back on cross-training, and as you might have heard in the last episode or last bit, we're going to begin in the topic of unity with Jonathan Locklear here. So, first off, in the biblical sense, what does unity mean to you? To be of the same mind as Jesus Christ, I think it would be, or couldn't be put any better than Hebrews 12, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus also be in you to think as a group of people like Jesus. There's beauty in the simplicity of that, like that. How do you think the church in the local sense and in like the global sense, like church lowercase c and church capital C, how do you think we're handling that right now? Like well or not well? What, what's like the report card you would give to us for that? Oh, I, don't, I think it's very poor. I think it's poor. If you look across, you know, demographics, I mean, there's people that do numbers on stuff. Um, but the church is probably the most segregated group of people, um, like maybe like in all of the Western world. Mm. I mean, if you want to talk about you know, unity, we really don't have it because we're pretty broken up on very fine lines, mm. right? Uh, we have our you know, trains of thought. We have things that we like. We have styles that we like. And so we basically break up into those kind of groups and, and we go to those churches. And yeah. um, I mean, even, even racially, uh, you know, I think Sunday is probably the most segregated day of the week, oh, yeah. which, is, which is a real bummer. Um, if not, I mean, it's, it's sad on a lot of levels, but it's also a terrible witness, right? Yeah. Yeah. Here we have a Jesus that died to save the whole world. It's just that we don't like to be together on Sundays. <laughs> it's yeah. like, that's silly. And so, yeah, I think, I think that we're not doing great. Um, and then within the local church context, you've got men and women who seem to be more prone to argue than to agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even finding things to argue about. And I tell my church this uh, regularly and often, that we are people that come from different bra- backgrounds, we work different places, we live different places, we school different places, we play different places, we enjoy different hobbies and things, and we all come together in this room Sunday morning. Um, and how is that possible? Because we have Christ in common. We're all here because of Christ, to grow closer to Christ, to experience the Spirit of God. And I think that's a beautiful and a marvelous thing, and I think we could use a lot more of that putting everything else that's secondary aside, right? What team you root for, what politician you're voting for. Uh, there's a hundred different things that we could disagree on. But man, to come together and say, of all of that stuff that we disagree on, here we agree that God has died for the whole entire world. Mm-hmm. You briefly touched on uh, how even within church we, we get into our different groups, that, which imply denominations there, I believe. We've discussed this in the past um, the idea that denominations kind of, we've taken it too far, like separation for the sake of separation. And yet, there is also a need, I, I mean, this might be just me personally, but to respect how other people thrive in worship. I think there is a place for that. Do, do you think there's a middle ground that can be captured there? Like, do you have an opinion on that? Or, You know, God has made us with personalities. We're all different. Yeah. Um, we're not all the same. Um, I am who I am. I had a professor in college, Garnet Reed, he gave this definition of preaching that it was truth via personality, right? And so different preachers, you have the same truth, you know, coming through different personalities and not everybody's the same. And, and that's cool. I think that's part of the design that God has made. And, and so I think some is more appealing to uh, certain brands and, 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 and less to others. So I think part of that's part of the design, right? Um, I think that the breaking up and spreading out is probably beneficial to the, um, to the spread of the gospel. Um, at the same time, we 
running into the danger of becoming just a very consumer-driven society, right? I want my music the way I want. I want my preaching the way I want it. I want the church to look this way. I want, you know, to wear this certain type of attire. I want, you know, people to be, and at some point you get silly. Yeah. At some point you just, that's become stupid, mm-hmm. right? And we're missing the entire point altogether. Mm-hmm. So I think preferences is not a bad thing. Yeah. But I think it can be a stupid thing. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, we go to Haiti, uh, which is a very different culture. Um, been around the country, around the world a little bit. And, and yeah, there's, there's other um, styles. But I'm telling you, I love Jesus Christ. Just for example, we go to Mountain Faith Mission in Haiti. I got no clue what they're singing. Mm-hmm. I have no clue. But I'm telling you, I can worship there. Oh, yeah. I, I, can, can, I can tell you. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've been to Israel. Yes. I've been to Israel. And it was an experience that uh, by far I've, I've never, never have and probably never will unless I go back again. Uh, but we went to a certain church in Nazareth. Me... Seth, Ronnie Lee, my dad, Kerry Higgins, and uh, Rudy Oaks. And uh, the name of the church was Home of King Jesus the Church, or Church of Home King Jesus, or something like that. Small church in an industrial part of Nazareth. and Which all of Nazareth is very it, industrial. Very industrial. Yeah. And so it was, it was quite spectacular for the fact that we were walking and trying to find this church. We got lost. We were going through kind of a sketchy neighborhood that was – everyone spoke Arabic. And, and I was just like, I, we don't know where this church is. We kind of know where exactly it is. So we walked down. Church services already started about 30 minutes ago. And so, well, I mean, do we give up? Do we continue on and try to find the church? And we hear faint singing in the background or noise or, or music or something. We're like, well, it's Wednesday night. Normally people have church, church services on Wednesday night. So let's follow this sound. And lo and behold – we find this place where, I, to be honest, if I drove by it, I probably wouldn't find it. And they were having church. Couldn't understand a word they were saying, but I, I promise you it was one of the most wholesome, spirit-filled services. Mm-hmm. And they welcomed us. They, they just got started. We were there for several hours, and we, we prayed together. We sang together. Sang. I, uh, attempt to sing uh, yeah. certain songs together. Sure. Uh, but it was something transcendent of what you would expect in an American church yeah. that there, it seems like when you would go to an, a church today, people talk about welcoming in new people and people of different backgrounds, but it seems like there's always that barrier. But when you go to Haiti or when we, when we went to that church in Nazareth, it seems like barriers, there was no barriers. It seems like the, the blood of Christ goes far beyond the blood of my flesh. Yes. And with these examples that you talked about Haiti and in Israel, how in the world can we focus on this on on the unity of the blood of Christ versus uh, the differences of the blood of the flesh? Yeah. I don't know exactly, but I know there are preferences that everyone's going to have. And some people are going to be you know, I guess you call it more contemporary. Some people will be more traditional. Some people will be um, you know, somewhere in between. And I think we have to put down a lot of our pre- uh, a lot of our um, preferences hmm. and not be so stinking particular about you know this style of music or or music at all or 
there's just a lot of things to be particular about. And I think we need to just relax and seek Christ, seek the Lord. Um, I remember one time I was attending church in Nashville and um, sang a song in church. And at the end, I was standing in the back, shaking hands with the pastor, uh, with the people coming out. And this uh, little lady came by. She's a sweet lady. And she said, uh, good service today. I said, yes, it was very good service today. She said, but I didn't care for that song that we sang. And I said, oh, well, we weren't singing to you. <laughs> and she just kind of stopped and we smiled and we kind of had a chuckle. And I thought, yeah, who cares? It was literally yeah. not to you at all. As if, like, we should say, mm. what's she going to like this Sunday? Let's mm. sing something that she's going to like. And um, I think that's just really important to put down some of those preferences. Yeah. Um, and that, that happens, uh, you know, across, you know, cultural contexts, across cultural lines. Um, but we just really got to say um, the preferences matter very little. Mm-hmm. The principles that never should change, they matter a lot. And so if we majored on the principles and minored on the preferences, I think we'd be a much healthier church. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite authors, C.S. Lewis, a uh, fantastic uh, writer, uh, I put a quote on here, and I think this relates to what Jesus says. You know, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but by me. Uh, but C.S. Lewis, he says, when you're looking for unity for the sake of unity, mm. you will not find it, and you will not find truth. But if you search for the light of the truth you will find both unity and the truth. That's right. Is there, what can you expand more upon the great mind of C.S. Lewis? Yeah, I think it's, it's total truth. And I think he's, um, he hits the nail right on the head that you have to start with principle. Mm-hmm. You have to start with the core of the beliefs. Because if you just go to try to make everybody happy um, for the sake of unity, mm-hmm. well, you know, that's a, that's, that's a losing battle. You're never going to do that. But... If you will, pursue Christ and Christ alone. I mean, not everybody's going to agree with that. But there will be a great, um, there will be a great, I would say, majority of folks that say, this is right. I can agree with that. I can get on board with that. I would prefer this, even though it's not my exact style. Well, then there you have truth and you have unity. Mm-hmm. But man, if you just try and be a people pleaser and truth becomes a casualty, I think that's, I think that's a great tragedy. We just... Um, I was just dealing with a situation the other day, and we're trying to uh, get along with a, uh, with a, with a gentleman, um, but he's wrong. He was wrong. And we said, well, here, we had to make a choice. Are we going to go along to get along for the sake of unity, or are we going to say no? Truth matters. Righteousness matters. We want unity, but not at the sake of truth, not at the sake of righteousness. And so I told the guys, and I, I didn't know that C.S. Lewis said that, because that's pretty brilliant. But I said, guys, if we, if we pursue unity at the sake, you know, at the cost of truth, we will have neither. Mm-hmm. We will have neither, right? We are built upon the core principles of the gospel. And if you start there and build there, well, I think you've got a good foundation to build something on. But if you just, I mean, I guess the term would be seeker sensitive. If you're going to build a church, just in terms of how can I get bodies in the door and, you know, heinies in the seats. I think that's a bad place to start. Yeah, I think you have to be able to offer something that's never going to change. And then you can go, like I said, pros preferences are not bad, right? You're going to have some style. I don't care who you are. You're going to have some style, whatever it's going to be, some preference. But you can't start there. I think you have to start with truth, with what is right.
Okay, so I want to read a little bit of scripture, and I think Corinth is a very interesting place. If you want to see, kind of, I think, relates a lot to the church of today and what was kind of going on uh, back in Corinth in, in the first uh, century church. Uh, but a little background on, on Corinth, those that are listening, uh, is, a, is, a, is a Roman place that really, when it comes to Roman society and hierarchy, is that basically if you're anyone of the lower class, if you're a woman, if you are uh, of the elderly, if you're an orphan, you're basically nobody within the class. You cannot move up. You are not valued at all. And as the church, uh, they tried their best to take these people in, but yet there's always some form of differences. It seems like there's always some kind of strife when you get Jews, Gentiles, Greeks, Romans, and all these people together from different backgrounds, and there's, it seems like there's always some kind of tension. So I want to read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, 10 through 13. So Paul says, Now I urge you, brothers, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say, that there be no divisions among you, and that you be united with the same understanding and the same conviction. For it has been reported to me about you, my brothers, my members of Chloe's household, that there is rivalry among you. Uh, I would assume that Chloe's household is a, is a church. Maybe we should name the church Chloe's household. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, verse 12, it says, What I am saying is this. Each of you says, well, I'm with Paul, or I'm with Apollos, or I'm with Cephas, or I'm with Christ. Verse 13 is kind of one of the key verses I want to look and kind of break this down and see what you, you think, the exegesis and exposition of this. Is Christ divided? Was it Paul who was crucified for you? Or were you baptized in Paul's name? And so you see in verse 13, I see very sarcastic statements that he makes here. It's like, was Paul crucified for you? Well, obviously not. Paul wasn't crucified. It was Christ who was crucified. Well, are you baptized in Paul's name? Well, no. Matthew 28, 18 says you should baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so these latter sarcastic statements. Right. And then the very first statement says, is Christ divided? So you group the sarcastic statements with, is Christ divided? Well, this should be a sarcastic statement. So obviously all these, these statements are made. So when there is disunity, I see in verse 13, does it show a picture of us trying to put a false dichotomy upon the church because it seems like we're, we're splitting, we're putting Christ into pieces sure. when there is disunity. Is that what Paul's getting at here, you think? Yeah, I think, I think he is. I think he's making fun of it because it's, it's stupid. You know, I think he's making these outlandish statements, right? Mm -hmm. did, did, did Paul die for you? Of course not. Um, and this is... This is the truth. And, and there's nothing wrong with these guys. I, I think he's also saying that there's nothing wrong with going to Cephas's church yeah. or Apollos' church. I'm sure those are great dudes, and they were probably great preachers. And they were all very different. You know, they probably had their own style. That's why, you know, everybody didn't go to one, you know, they were, they were spread out. However, he said there's got to be unity between Cephas's church and Apollos's church and Paul's church. It's all about Christ. It has to be all about Jesus. I mean, theoretically, I should be able to walk into any Christian church in the world and preach John 3.16 yes. and hear amens right up and down the aisle. No one should have a problem with that. However, 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 it seems like that there's those that you will probably get zero amens because they'll be seeking their 
subjective truth instead of objective truth. That's exactly what exactly right. is true. And that's why I tried to say last night, you'll either accept Christ as he is presented in Scripture, as he is given from heaven, or you do not accept him at all. Mm. You don't get to make Christ in your own image. You don't get to say, well, I'm, you know, we want to have these parts of Scripture. We want to focus on this aspect of the gospel and not this other, right? And that is silly. And I think Paul is saying here that there's nothing wrong with having these preferences. However, it's got to all be about Jesus. Yeah. It's got to all be about Jesus. At some point through all the preferences and differences, you need to be able to agree that you're worshiping the same Christ. You're together in the same Christ. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's what, isn't that what Ephesians 4 says? There is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. I mean, he just goes ad nauseum. Paul, once again. Why? And what's the point of this? That we live in unity, long-suffering with one another, forgiving one another, being kind, tender-hearted one toward another. Mm. Why? Well, because Christ is the center of it all, right? The life and the ministry of Christ is what every other aspect of the church spawns from. So do you think that lack of empathy is a key ingredient to discord and disunity? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We've we've been talking uh, a little, we've been critiquing the church more or less for the past couple minutes. Let's kind of switch gears a little bit. Uh, What, on the global and the local level, church capital C, church lowercase c, what excites you about the church right now? What are we doing right? Well, we're spending a lot of money, and I think that's not a bad thing. Um, I think people are giving. People are giving, and they see it as a very good thing, and it is. Because the gospel message to travel around the world does cost a great deal of money. Mm -hmm. What makes me pumped is to see a tragedy like have happened here in Nashville and Cookville last week. Tornadoes come through and just ravage this place. Um, So many people died. So 23 people in Cookville died? 18 in Cookville, 23 or 24 total. And I'm telling you, I mean... This church here, the Cokeville Free Baptist Church, is just loaded with toothpaste because people just got boatloads of supplies of toilet paper and bottled water and, and toiletries and, and clothes and, and just wanting to. And I think that is the church. That is so beautiful. That excites me. That excites me of the Christian church and our response to disaster. I mean, and I don't mean, I don't want to sound, sound however it would sound. But I mean, if you just look at the Red Cross mm-hmm. Disaster Relief Organization, the Free Will Baptist Masters Men Disaster Relief Organization, um, Samaritan's Purse, um, the Mission, the Downtown Mission in every major city, these are Christian organizations. And when there are disasters, Christians show up from all over the world, man. I'm telling you, there's an earthquake or a hurricane. Christian relief organizations, they, they just show up in mass. It's beautiful. Tell Where's, where is, and I'm sure they exist, but I just don't know, where are, where's the Jewish relief organization? Where's the Muslim relief organization? Hmm. Where's, the, where's the Wiccan relief organization? I mean, just across the board, and I'm not trying to put anybody down. I don't know how that sounds, but I'm telling you what makes me proud is that Christianity is responsible for the propagation of a lot of really wonderfully positive things. I mean, you know, things that we just have no benefit. It doesn't benefit us at all. Yeah. You've got, you know, organizations like um, uh, Save the Storks. You ever heard of Save the Storks? I have not. So it's this Christian organization, and what they do is they have these beautiful Mercedes-Benz cargo vans. They're gorgeous, and they, they outfit them, and they look like the inside of, like, a Learjet. 
okay, calfskin, leather, beautiful. And what they do is they park them outside of these abortion clinics. And they're, they got these beautiful covered skin paint jobs on them, right? And these girls that go in to have these abortions, they say, excuse me, can I just have a moment? I'll just give you this pamphlet. And we want to offer you a free ultrasound right here. This is free. And if you will come in and just have a free ultrasound, we have some resources that we want to give you. We can help you with car seats and with diapers and formula, and, and, and we can get you um, some grants for education. And this doesn't have to be the end of your life. This could be the beginning of your life. Yeah, and that, so this girl comes in. She has this ultrasound. She sees the ultrasound on this big screen TV. She hears the boom, 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 right, of her baby that's in the womb right now. And they say, look, you can always go in and have this abortion, but we just want to reach out to you at no cost to you whatsoever. And who does that? The Church of Jesus Christ does that. Yeah. It's beautiful. They've got boatloads of these things all across the country. Uh, Kirk Cameron, the actor Kirk Cameron, that's like his, one of his main ministries, Save the Storks. And I just look at that and I say, who does that? The Church of Jesus Christ does that. Um, and that, that makes me excited. That makes me excited because I tell you what, whether you like contemporary or traditional, or whether you, you know, read the NIV or the King James or, or whatever your preference might be, you, you can't get on board with that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I tell people all the time, you know, hey, we're working with this Mountain Faith Mission in Haiti. We brought it up for the fifth time. Maybe it's because you're listening to this podcast and you need to be involved in the supporting of the Mountain Faith Mission. I'm telling you, we go down there. I said, well, what do they do? Well, they support widows and orphans, and they train them in, in, uh, in welding, and they grind grain, and they have one of the best schools there, and they teach these women uh, seamstress work, and they bake bread, and they just give stuff away, and they've got uh, greenhouses where they plant plants, and they just give tomatoes and, and pepper plants away to people for nothing. And, and it's, it's almost it's, it's, it's self-sustaining in a lot of ways. I look at that, and I say, you're telling me that even, even non-Christians tell me, yeah, I want to give you some money for that. I want to get on board with that. That makes me excited to see the good that the church is doing. Well, the body itself, I mean, Christ comes to preserve life. And if the church is an automatic extension of that, their goal should be to preserve life mm. at all costs. Yes. And so if it means feeding the orphans and the widows or showing them that there is a child within that womb, yes. preservation of life is key. That's right. Is very important. To the and body. even and, and the elderly, this is coming upon our culture in, in, in rapid fashion. Oh, the ages elderly old. are valuable and they are yes. not to be euthanized. That is, that is Nazi propaganda right there, okay? And so this is what the Church of Jesus Christ is fighting against with the very simple truth. God loves the world. The old world the young world, the unborn world, all of it, the whole thing. The big ones, the little ones, the white ones, the black ones, the red ones, the yellow ones, right? All are precious in his sight. Mm. And I, song. Yeah. Uh, and I, and that's, that's, what, that's what makes me excited about the church. Yeah. Isn't it great that that is like a kid's song within the church, though, establishing from that early age, like that acceptance of all, like... That's beautiful. Maybe we should sing that in, in the liturgy, in, as, as a church service, we should <laughs> sing that as a main hymn. We need to bring the booster band back. Bring it back. Yeah, it's that and Jesus Loves Me. Yes. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, kind of, it's like a children's church song, but yeah. it needs to be an adult AM worship song. Yeah. Oh, which, I mean, that goes back to a point that we were making way earlier, um, that God's Word is absolutely applicable to all ages. Like, those super simple concepts, like, yes. Jesus Loves Me, this I know, for the Bible. Like, the it's plain as day, like the most obvious statements you can make, and yet it goes so much deeper than that. That's right. To drown a whale. All right, so let's uh, 
close us off with a, 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 I'd like to kind of focus with so much division within the world from politics to denominations. How is dialogue created with someone of different beliefs and, and not create a toxic as atmosphere and have constructive discussion? Because we've talked about this before, is that there's so many denominations out there. There's so many, well, you know, there, we have this small uh, disagreement with the doctrine uh, of free will. Uh, we have this small degree of atonement. And so we're going to split ways. But how can especially within the Free Baptist and the, the Southern Baptist between uh, Calvin and Arminian, mm -hmm. you know, it seems like that's a big tension between Sure, the and churches. it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be. Sure, so but it is. So how do we acknowledge this difference but yet m meet common ground without, being, without it being so cor corruptive and toxic? Yeah, I think because there's a lot of things that we agree on, and we could focus on those things. We can just be, you know, to, to steal a phrase from Mark Dever, we can just be together for the gospel. Um, he hosts a um, multi-denominational uh, conference uh, biannually um, in Louisville, Kentucky, and it's what it's called, Together for the Gospel. And you got Presbyterians and Lutherans and Methodists and Baptists, and, and you've just got all kinds. If you love Jesus, man, this is the conference for you. And I think the, the way to do that is to... Um, focus on the things that, that we do agree upon and not you know, talk so much about the things that we disagree on because a lot of those things are minor. We have to agree on a certain set of things, like Jesus is God and we're not. Um, but man, if you want to talk about like when Christ is coming back, like premillennial or postmillennial, I think it doesn't matter. And yeah. I think it should, uh, there should be, there's, a, there's a time and a place for that. But I don't know that needs to be talked about, you know, with everybody all the time. But we can focus on the things that we agree on. And if we focus all around Christ, I mean, all these things should should automatically pass away. I mean, Christ comes to unify. And it seems like when we place Christ on the pedestal, then everything should function and should work together. But when we place our ideas and our images yes. above Christ, and it seems like everything falls apart. Sure, absolutely. Then you, then, you, then you poison the soup. Yeah, I think a, bit, a lot of that comes from like I mean, obviously it's a flesh issue because uh, when it comes to you, you uh, brought up like end time talking, like all millennial, post millennial, that kind of stuff. Um, that comes down to our fleshly desire to be right. Mm. When in reality, I think not only is there a place to discuss those things and have those disagreements, respectfully disagree. Sure, you can glorify God through those discussions. Right. I mean, how much greater would our worship be if even when we're not talking about church? We're talking about scripture. Yeah. Like, that's so great. I mean, Tanner might have a belief here or there that I disagree with, but I can learn by him explaining to me why he thinks those things. And even if he gets me on his side or not, because that's the way we like to view these things, mm -hmm. we can bring glory to God by just wanting to talk about it more often. Crazy, right. right? And I think that you bring a lot of glory to God in disagreeing with Tanner with your humility. Mm -hmm. With your humility just to say, I, I may not have all of the details on this. I might not be entirely correct on this. And so I'll listen. I think that brings Christ a lot of glory. Even if you guys hash it out and come to a conclusion or not, I think Christ is pleased with you. He might not be with Tanner, but he's pleased with you <laughs> for just saying, oh, okay, tell me more about that. Great. You're probably not going to end up agreeing or whatever, but it's just in your kind and gentle way. I mean, I mean as far as the whole, you know, Calvin Arminian thing, man, I have just, I have known Calvinists to be so rude and so mean sometimes. And I'm going, why? Why is that even necessary? 
And the same thing with Arminians toward Calvin. And, 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 and it's, it's like, golly. Well, the Calvins already know they're chosen, so you know. <laughs> might as well go all but, out. But, well, yeah. why, but why the... Right? I mean, how can we even discuss biblical things without a humility to say, who am I that God of the universe would address a letter to me? Mm -hmm. Spurgeon said that he would be in a room with guys discussing various issues, and he said, I would crawl over in the corner and just be in a maze that I was even saved at all. Mm. And I think that's a great place to start. Yeah. Well, I can't think of a better way to to end this. That, That... Beautiful quote there. Well, Jonathan, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been a pleasure learning from you. Uh, love you, brother. Oh, a delight to be with you guys. You know, have a safe trip back up to Michigan. Uh, don't lose your part in the hand. Near the thumb. If you're near Woodhaven, That's right. come visit. Uh, Woodhaven Free Will Baptist Church. There you go. Pastor Jonathan Locklear and his uncle. Is that right? Is that My grandfather. Grandfather. That's, mm-hmm. what, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, That's sure. what I said. I've got, I've got several uncles that are pastors, so I understand why. Yeah. 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 All right, well, we'll see you in the next one. Peace out.